This is Good Together, the podcast that inspires you to create change in the world every day. I'm your host, Laura Alexander-Wittig, CEO and founder of Brightly, the number one destination for conscious consumers around the world. At Good Together, we value the planet over perfection and believe that you can make positive things happen for the planet every day by being a conscious consumer and an informed citizen. Listen in as I chat with various experts about living and consuming responsibly. together and brightly, we want to solve your problems with sustainable swaps that benefit your wallet and the planet. So let's start with your soggy, bacteria-ridden bath mat. For a limited time, head to brightly.eco slash shop and use code TERRASTONE to get 20% off Brightly's quick-drying diatomaceous earth collection. Again, visit brightly.eco slash shop and use code T-E-R-R-A-S-T-O-N-E for 20% off for a limited time. Hey listeners, and welcome to another new episode of Good Together. I, as I say at the beginning of every single episode, I'm excited to get into it with you um, because I care a lot about helping you make what I would call accessible, achievable um, steps towards becoming more sustainable in your lifestyle. Um, I started this podcast a long time ago because I really felt like more people needed to be having these types of conversations, whether it's diving into, um, you know, specific, um, you know, research around things like microplastics and doing it from the lens of a consumer, or um, whether we talk about things a little bit more practical and a little bit more applicable to your daily life. As you know, a big part of our conversations usually revolve around consumption. And we don't shy away from that here because a part of being a human being is consuming. And whether or not you do it in a way that is more sustainable or, or less sustainable, I think boils down to education, um, resources, of course, we, we have to make sure that that is, you know, uh, acknowledged, right? Like this, uh, choosing to be sustainable doesn't often mean, um, that it's the cheapest way to do things, but sometimes it can be. Um, and overall, I just wanted to say that the consumption part, uh, of, of the equation is really why we do this because we know that consumption is something that we do on a daily basis. So, you do hear us talk from time to time about products that we like or, um, you know, different things in that realm. Um, But today I actually wanted to talk about something that's more or less a totally free exercise that you can do in your life that is, um, you know, going to help you become much more sustainable. Um, And in that process, um, you know, it's it's going to be a fun conversation, um, but it's also going to be one that is maybe surprisingly interesting to you. Like if somebody ever told me that organization was going to be a key part of being more eco-friendly in my lifestyle, I would have been like, eye roll, like, no. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, like we talk about, um, you know, 
we, we talk about buying less, of course, right? That's a huge way to become more sustainable. Um, if you need to purchase things, we often suggest our own eco-friendly alternatives that we love um, and that we test and use all the time. But lately, I've actually found that organizing those eco-friendly items, um, whether we're talking about our clothes, food, personal care products, etc., is a really crucial and free step um, that you can do to ensure that you're really making the most of what you have and you're saving time and money in the process. I like to say that sustainability has a bunch of secret um, sisters, which is weird. I don't know why I say that. It's kind of a weird thing to say, but um, I mean like things that are closely related to it. Um, and one of those is longevity, right? Like making sure the things that you do have or do buy um, last you a long time. But another one of those secret sisters, I think, is organization. Um, so before we get into what you know, my tips are and sort of what, what I'm talking about. And this is going to be another solo episode. Um, so hope you enjoy. <laughs> I didn't say that earlier. But before we really get into it, hey, I'll, I'll tell you, my mom, if she listens to the podcast, sometimes she does. Uh, and probably anybody that knows me personally would probably be chuckling that I'm talking to you about organization. I go between periods in my life where I will be like super, super organized, everything is together. And I'm talking about physical products, um, things in mental capacity and stuff. I actually think I have a pretty good handle on that and always have had because I have a lot of things going on in my life. So from a, like a digital or a mental perspective, I think I'm pretty dang organized physically. However, um, I go in waves and that's being nice. I mean, like before I had my daughter, I feel like I was much more organized because I didn't have to deal with another human being, much less a, a kiddo who's got toys and all sorts of things. Like I feel like the amount of stuff in our house multiplied. Um, but the thing I was going to mention is you don't have to be one of these, like I hate it when people say type A personalities. I think that's kind of strange. You don't have to be somebody who finds organization to be a fun, fulfilling, or even like naturally good at type of situation in your life to, to take on some of these tips. And the reason is when you organize stuff, you know what you have. And if you don't know what you have, you will rebuy it if it's something that you use often. Um, and so, you know, that kind of brings me to my first point, which is grocery shopping, or as my friends on the East Coast sometimes say, food shopping, which I've always thought sounded weird because I'm from the South and nobody says that, but food shopping, grocery shopping, kitchen. Um, and so you might be like us where you go to Costco and you buy a lot of things in bulk. You might not. You might just buy, go to trade, do a, a quick TJ's, Trader Joe's, run from time to time and get just what you need. Both of those things are fine, but you need to make sure that stuff is organized, whether you have it in bulk or just um, small amounts of things, so that you can see what you have so that you reduce your food waste. Um, most things, if you're buying them, um, obviously if you're buying produce and such, like you could be one of those people that has a fridge full of produce because you're, you know, you're on your green juice cleanse and all that stuff. But if you don't like lay things out properly in the fridge, um, or store them properly, they go bad really fast. And so we've all been there where we like decide to get super healthy and you buy a bunch of produce and then you don't use it in like, you don't either don't know that you have it because there's too much stuff in the fridge or you don't use it in the right amount of time and it goes bad. So food waste for us and our family is something we take super seriously because one of, in, in part of me, um, 
one of the side effects of me uh, recording this podcast is I really became hyper aware of of how um, our food supply chain system is so, um, you know, it's obviously relatively full of waste for the planet. And so that the very least we can do as end consumers is eat that food because there's so much time, money, um, planetary resources, et cetera, that goes into it. So let's eat our food, folks. Um, and so to do that, we want to make sure, and to do that, I guess, in the, one of the more eco-friendlier ways possible is we want to be organized. So um, one thing that I recently did is we re, um, overhauled our home pantry. So um, my home does not have a pantry on the same level as the kitchen, which if you live, you're just going to have to bear with me. Maybe you've never even seen a pantry in a home. I, they're, they're common in certain areas. Sometimes they're not. But okay, my, my um, we could even say my home doesn't have adequate food storage at the same level as the kitchen. And so what you do is you walk downstairs, we kind of have a little bit of a basement level, and we have a laundry room, which also contains a, a small bathroom. Um, and it used to be uh, just like a bunch of shelving that I think the original owners of this home had put in um, that we used as a pantry. And let me tell you, that thing was barely functional. And I say barely functional because, sure, you could cram stuff into those shelves, but they were so deep um, that you never knew what was in there because stuff would fall to the very back and you like literally couldn't even see what was going on. It's like a scary black hole. Um, and they were really high up and not super accessible. So so what happened, right? And it, you, even if you don't have a situation like this going on in your house, you probably have a similar one where you just like cram things into a spot. You forget that they're there. Then you just go buy another one of those things. Like, so for instance, cereal um, or pasta. We're actually really big offenders of this one. We'll get big bulk bags of pasta, um, or, you know, not ma massive bags, but like a big pack of bags of pasta from Costco. And we, there were so many of them like shoved to the back that we didn't even see, we couldn't even see them because they're behind other things. So then we bought more pasta. And I was like, oh my God, like we don't need... 20 bags of pasta. This is ridiculous. And so I let the fire burn of not worrying about how organized that pantry was for long enough. And then a few, few weeks ago, I just put my foot down. I said, I've had enough and we're going to redo this pantry. So what do we do? Um, I had heard about a lot of Ikea uh, hacks to create kind of closed off um, pantry situations with kitchen cabinets. Um, and at first I thought, well, okay, I guess I need to hire a Ikea kitchen designer because those things do exist. And as a matter of fact, if you're interested, there's quite a few out there um, and they're, they're relatively inexpensive if you're planning on doing a big project. Like I think anywhere from like 250 to like 500 bucks for the design. But if you don't consider yourself particularly adept at designing, I think it's a good option. Um, but what I realized is Ikea also has their free home designer that you can use on, on site. And so that's what I did. I went in, I took measurements of the space. Um, and you know, obviously making sure it's paying a lot of attention to the ceiling height and all these things. Um, but I actually was able to go in and create a really nice looking pantry all on my own and using that tool and Ikea, we have a whole episode about, you know, fast furniture and, you know, the rise and decline of, you know, all these things. But I will tell you, Ikea does try very hard in, in, in some instances um, to 
I would say, innovate with materials. Um, their flat packing situation saves a ton of um, carbon emissions because they're they're much more efficient. They're shipping, et cetera, et cetera. So this episode is not about Ikea, nor is it sponsored by Ikea. Um, but suffice it to say, Ikea has a new line, newer line called Bodarp. Um, and it is made... Um, it, these are the cabinet fronts, and they are made using renewable electricity. Um, so that's where they're manufactured. And the front of it is actually made of recycled plastic bottles. So and it's a really pretty, like a matte um, gray green. It's almost like a, a pigeon green, which if you don't like interior design, you just like, what the heck is she talking about pigeon green? Anyway, it's a beautiful, beautiful, almost like a sage. Um, and it looks really nice. And for me, in addition to just, like, when I go downstairs, now I don't look at this, like, massive open black hole of stuff stuffed everywhere, but it actually gave me a chance to, number one, we had to clear everything out of the pantry, so I took that all, and I was able to, number one, have a minor panic attack about all the crap that we had that had gone bad, and so, you know, I had to sit with that for a little bit and realize this is why we're doing this project, right? We're not going to have this happen anymore. So I, you know, did a total cleanse of all of the stuff back there. Um, and then I got a chance to reorganize it. And so again, I am not the biggest, um, you know, organizer champion in the world, but I thought, okay, I'm going to take the shelves. Um, my husband, Eric, if you, you've heard him on our podcast before, he did an amazing job putting everything together for me. Um, I will say I'm not the most handy person in the world at all, but he said, look, I'm going to show you how to put a shelf in and then you're going to go be in charge of all the shelves. And so that's what I did. Um, I measured out like heights of things and made it very visually appealing. So now we have a really cute looking pantry um, and I can see everything and I know exactly where the stuff is. So when somebody asks me, hey, Laura, can you go get some spaghetti sauce downstairs? I know exactly where it is. And I also kind of in my head, because I'm a visual I, me I memorize things kind of on visual basis. Um, I can kind of remember how much I have of things now because they're it's, it's stored on a really organized way. And so that's a really big project. But if you don't want to go redo your pantry, maybe you are inspired at least to go clean it out a little bit and maybe come up with a small system for yourself. Um, maybe get a few, you know, organization little boxes or whatever you need. But figuring out a way to see what you have is so important. Um, and, you know, you guys know I like to hit you with statistics every once in a while. The um, U.S. Department of Agriculture estimates that between 30 and 40% of the food supply in this country alone is wasted at the retail and consumer level. So that is awful. Um, and it's, I mean, even as far back as 2018, we were wasting up to 63 million tons of food waste. I mean, and that's just bonkers. And I, I hope we know too that like composting helps with some of this if you can do a little bit of composting at home because once the food goes back into the landfill, it starts to, it, it doesn't, it's not able to get oxygen the way it needs to. So then it's not properly decomposing. Methane gas is coming back into the atmosphere for it, which contributes to global warming. So like, number one, let's eat our food. Number two, if we can't eat it, let's figure out other ways to responsibly get rid of it, such as composting or turning into animal feed and all these other things. But um, being organized is really key. 
Um, the last thing um, I'll mention on a food waste perspective, because you guys know I, this is like probably my favorite topic, um, is being organized also can apply in other areas, right? So I talked a little bit about organizing your fridge. Um, you can use something that's called the first in, first out method, which basically means um, you know, the most recently bought food should be moved to the back um, and the food that hasn't been used should be moved closer to the front. So that basically means like the older stuff you're going to see first, um, the newer stuff is going to go in the back. And actually, this is a, a method that's used by professional chefs all over the world. So it just helps people just, hey, I need to grab something. I'm going to grab grab it quickly. Oh, and guess what? Those That's the older stuff needs to get used up sooner. So that's what first in, first out meets. Um, another thing is just meal prep. And we've done a bunch of episodes about meal prepping in general. So I'll... Um, link to that in the in our show notes. But meal prepping is also a really great, albeit arduous thing, I would say, in my opinion. <laughs> but it's a good hack to, to save you money. It's going to make you eat healthier. You're not going to like reach for the ramen or whatever you do. Um, you know, and nachos, we do nachos when we're lazy here. We're like, come on, now, nachos are not good for you. We don't we try not to do them too often. But <laughs> anyway, um, meal prepping is going to help with that, right? You're going to have healthy stuff ready to go. Um, and it, it definitely requires you, I also think, to be more intentional at the grocery store. So you're not at the grocery store kind of scratching your head, putting stuff you don't need into your cart, which might lead to food waste. Um, if you're if you're planning ahead and you're meal prepping, you're able to get in and get out and hopefully have less food waste. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. If you've been dreaming about getting a good night's sleep, I have the solution for you. I've actually been using Etitude's clean bamboo sheets for years. They're smooth as silk, more breathable than cotton, and they're hypoallergenic. Plus, they're sustainable. Etitude sheets are free from harmful chemicals and use 99% less water than cotton. Etitude also donates a portion of every purchase to 1% for the planet, a network of environmental partners working to solve the planet's problems. Right now, Etitude is offering Brightly listeners $25 off their first betting order of $150 for a limited time. Save on your first order by visiting ettitude.com slash brightly and use the code brightly to start sleeping more sustainably. Okay, germaphobes, listen up. I don't want to freak you out, but your bath mat is likely loaded with bacteria. It stays damp for hours on end, and it gives microorganisms the perfect environment to grow in. I'm literally grimacing as I tell you this, but an eco-solution that I personally designed myself for you at Brightly is called our TerraStone bath mat. So it drives right before your eyes because it's made of super absorbent material called diatomaceous earth. To give you the TLDR, diatomaceous earth is a naturally occurring material that has almost magical powers in its absorption, holding nearly 150% of its own weight in liquid. That means that not only are you never going to have to step on a soggy, gross bath mat again, but it also helps ensure your bathroom stays dry and clean. Right now at Brightly.eco, you can get our TerraStone bath mat and actually all of our TerraStone products for 20% off when you use your code TerraStone at checkout. So head to brightly.eco slash shop and use code T-E-R-R-A-S-T-O-N-E for a limited time to receive 20% off. Okay, so now that we're back, we're moving on from food to laundry. So I told you that we just redid our laundry room, our laundry room pantry room. 
And um, that has also given me thought, uh, you know, specific thoughts around better organizing my clothes. So you also know I love talking about laundry. I'm like, sound like a very weird, boring person. I Possibly I've become more interested in these things since the pandemic. And, you know, that was such a part of my life because we couldn't do anything else. I, I tell you now, listeners, I do have a life, <laughs> but I maybe have weird leftover obsessions with laundry and food and cooking. No, anyway. So here's what I'm going to tell you. I am terrible about putting my clothes away. I'm terrible about knowing what I have. I constantly find myself, if I ever do shop for clothes, which I try very hard not to do, if I do shop for clothes, I end up buying duplicates. And so that's why I don't shop for clothes because I know that textile waste is a big deal. Um, and nobody needs, you know, five pocket tees that are gray, which I have. I think I literally have five. So I'm going to wear the heck out of those until I no longer can use them. Then we're going to use them um, for rags around the house. And I'm going to like do all of that because I feel like I need to because I have too many gray shirts. But what I was going to tell you is I have never, even during the pandemic, even when I have all the time in the world, I cannot get myself to fold my dang clothes. I just can't. It's just, they sit in baskets in like cute aesthetic baskets. I'll tell you that at least um, in my room. And so what happens? Well, I forget what I have. So the other day, again, this is like, I guess lately I've just had it with organization in general or, or what maybe the status quo in my house. So what did I do? I did an, a trick that I try and employ of myself. I've done this trick before where I, where I dumped all of my clean clothes on my bed because I told myself, well, if you do it that, if you do it that way, then you're not going to go to bed before. I mean, you're not going to be able to go to bed, sorry, <laughs> um, without folding your clothes. And sometimes that works. Like past Laura tries to give current Laura um, a bit of a stick um, situation to get, get stuff done. Sometimes that works. But current Laura knows that anybody that's telling me to do something or forcing me to do something it's a really good way to get me to not want to do it. That's just a little bit of reverse. You've got to use a little bit of reverse psychology on me. Um, regardless, I did this to myself the other day. So I threw everything on the bed. Let's say I it was in the weekend. So maybe let's say I did it at like, I finished up a load of laundry around noon. I did, dumped it on the bed and I said to myself, okay, well, you know, you have like a whole half a day to get this done before it's time for bed. What happened? I went on with my life and I totally forgot that I did that. And so it roll around to about 9, 10 p.m., getting ready for bed, walk into that room, and I see this massive pile of clothes on my bed. And I said, well, ugh, you know, pro profanity, right? Like, what am I going to do? Old Laura would have just shoved all those clothes back in the basket and gone to sleep. But I've just so had it with myself and just the lack of organization, I said, you know what? I think I saw something on Instagram the other day, but this woman who employs something called the no, no fold method for her children. Um, and the no fold method is exactly what it sounds like is you don't fold your clothes, but you put them away still. And it'd been a really long time since I'd seen that video and I didn't know how to find it. So I said, I don't really know what the method is other than I'm going to make this work for me. So what did I do? In a, in uh, a time frame that usually would have taken me about a good hour, hour and a half watching TV and folding clothes. 
I was able to put away that same amount of clothing in about 15 minutes. And it's because I didn't fold it. But this is how I did it. Because you can't just like shove everything in your drawer or else they won't fit. Um, it's a huge time suck um, to fold things. I hate them, but we can't just throw it in the drawer because it won't fit. What I did was I actually, um, I, first I separated everything into piles um, by item type. So I did like, you know, underwear, socks, shirts, pajama pants, you know, I, I had my piles. And then once I had my piles, I quickly flattened each item. So I wasn't folding it. I just like literally, um, maybe I folded things in half if I needed to, but I just basically made like a really thin, like a layer cake of a bunch of clothes on top of each other. And those little piles, like those little like flat layer, thin pile, well, eventually tall stacks of clothes, of thin um, thin individual pieces of clothes, went and fit nicely in my drawers. So now everything's in my drawer. And is it as easy to see what I have? Not quite, like, but all I have to do is I like kind of grab the the little stack almost like you would like a turning a book page like you can kind of like thumb through stuff versus like opening a drawer and seeing all these like neatly folded things um in a row so that I hope is a big hack for you because it worked really well for me it worked amazingly for the baby's clothes and my husband has been doing this type of thing basically his whole life however he does the cram method, which is not great for wrinkles. Um, this method, actually, if you, as long as you're putting stuff um, in relatively flat, it's not terrible for wrinkles. Um, it's probably not quite as good as making super, super neat fold folded clothes. But um, yeah, and then the last thing I'll say too is if you can't fit everything in the drawers that they're supposed to go into, or you know, in your baskets or wherever, however you manage your clothes, that's usually a good um, indicator that you've overshopped, or at the very least, you need to go through things and make sure they fit still. Like maybe that underwear you've had for like 10 years doesn't need to be around anymore. Probably not. So like just going through and just doing a quick cleanse of some of that stuff, it's going to give you room back, but it's also going to let you know what you have. So um, I hope that these few hacks that I shared with you today help. Um, I told the Brightly team about the no-fold method and they all stared at me like I had five heads because they're like, well, what do you mean you didn't fold your clothes? And I was like, well, this is what I did. And I told them the whole spiel. Um, and then everyone was like, well, it's kind of like amazing. Like, I think I'm going to try this too. And so they did and they love it. So maybe you two can get in on the no-fold method. I think you should. You should at least give it an attempt. Maybe like for stuff that doesn't really need to be folded, like underwear, socks, come on, socks, you need to match. Although, do you? I don't know if I match my socks. I think I just put them in a stack. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, folks, um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. As, as always, I like to try and pop in from time to time and give you some, you know, updates on what's working well for me. Um, I am not perfect. I am a imperfect planet champion, as we like to say. Um, I am definitely on this journey just as much as you are. I'm a busy, busy founder, now busy mom. Um, you know, I've got one kid, three dogs. I really want a parrot, but I'm not going to do that to myself. I've wanted a parrot since I was probably like three years old. Um, want to adopt one, but we're not, we're not doing that. That's too many, too many animals, too many, too many things. But, um, regardless, I'm a busy person. 
I share the same time constraints that you have. So let's all work on this stuff together and let's see if we can make our lives a little bit easier, but also make positive, um, you know, movements forward for the planet. Thank you. joining us on another episode of Good Together. To get show notes and more, head to brightly.eco slash podcast. Finally, don't forget to join in on the conversation with us on social, where I know you can find us at brightly.eco. Don't forget, we're all on this journey together. So have fun putting the planet first and stay curious.